Welcome into this week's edition of the Reviewing the Brew podcast. I am Dave Gasper, your host as always. With me, Matthew Dwoskin, and our guest contributor this week, you may know him affectionately as MJ, Matt Easel. Uh, Guys, uh, glad to have you in on the pod, and it is really going to be, it's, it's going to be an interesting weekend, don't you think? Definitely, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Glad to have you. Um, it's, it's been so interesting that, that, that I'm sorry, I've, I've, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to get prepared before we start recording. You do this we every are. week. What is that? Yep. What, what beer is that? It's, it's in my hand right now. Yeah. The one you just opened. That is a, Can you see it? a, a goose three twelve. Goose Island three one two. Oh, Goose Island. Okay. Sorry. I'm not as cultured as you. Well, we, we, can't all be, we can't all be from Chicago, no, can we? No, hey, I mean, I could have some spotted cow over here because I can just you, go out and buy some because I'm in the oh, right state. I'm also in the right... Oh, three, 312, for those who don't know, is the Chicago area code. And it's also the name of an urban wheat ale from Goose Island Brewery. Wow. Could you sound more like a fib? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean... I, I feel like it's for the past couple weeks now, you just start, oh, hey, by the way, and just cracks open a beer. Yeah, that's my thing. It's, it's, mean, it's, 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 it's how we podcast. It's re- yeah. reviewing the brew, Dan. It's reviewing the brew, man. <laughs> yeah, I should bring a beer with me next time, too. You should, in, in, in your college radio station. Yeah, absolutely. I'll just, I mean, I got some Miller Lite in my fridge. I can just bring it over. MJ, he can't. He's underage, so... <gasps> yeah how dare you <laughs> all right so um the milwaukee brewers what i mean they're they've drive they've driven us to drink over the past two days because of what their offense has done or more like what the offense hasn't done which is score runs i mean it was they had two runs in game five one run in game four that lasted 13 innings, and it's really been brutal to watch. Um, MJ, I don't know if you stayed up for the entirety of those 13 innings uh, for Game 4, but this offense has really just been missing opportunities in this series. Yeah, I did stay up all those excruciating innings, um, and... Yeah, they just they missed all their opportunities they had, and it just seemed like they just couldn't capitalize, and they're just not. Ever since game three, they just ha- they've just been off every, especially like their top of the lineup hitters, um, and they're just not capitalizing on their opportunities. Yeah, I, I can't I can't remember how many how many runners left on base Jesus Aguilar has. I think the, the correct answer is all of them. <laughs> all of them, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I can't. I, I can't. Honestly, I I can't remember the last time he drove in a run, and that scares me because they're in the NLCS. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it was what the second inning when when they had the bases loaded, or was that the third inning when they had the bases loaded, two out? Aguilar comes up and he strikes out to to end the inning, and they got one run in. They could have easily broken it open for more, and I feel like if mm-hmm. Aguilar gets a hit, you know, even if he just gets a single. And brings in two runs. The Brewers are up three nothing, 
Kershaw does not go seven innings. They immediately start going to their bullpen because the Dodgers don't want to lose that game. And the Brewers can get to the stronger parts of their bullpen, and they could have actually come out with a lead, with a lead and, w- and with a win in that game had Aguilar come up um, and actually done something during that inning. Mm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just... It's been a struggle for Ag- Aguilar and Yelich. I mean, he's really he's fallen into a, a big slump here, uh, Matthew. Since the season came to an end, and now that's the postseason. Since Game One of the NLDS against the Rockies, when he hit that two-run homer, it's been mostly silence from Christian Yelich on offense. You know, you know, baseball's a game of peaks and valleys. You know, he was at a really, really long peak, so it. Kind of makes sense that he was headed for a valley. Um, I don't want to say that I, I kind of saw this coming, but it, you know, after how hot he was in September, it, it kind of makes sense that he was due to regress a little bit in October, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean a little bit, but I mean I just didn't think it'd be this this bad where he's hitting like what two hundred or, or less than two hundred over, over these past. I mean, yeah, it's a small sample size, and Matthew, I know you hate yeah, batting no. averages, but. But I still, I mean, it's it's really been a struggle for Yelich. And, I mean, he's drawing his walks. Like, they're still kind of being careful to, to pitch to him. And he's taking his walks. But those walks are getting to be a lot more infrequent than what they were against the Rockies or in, in the final stretch of the regular season. And also, his walks aren't really leading to much. I mean, he only has one run scored in the NLCS in um, – and now it, it was he was drawing his walks, but now in the last couple games in LA, he was striking out a lot, and he just was popping out like first pitch ground outs, first pitch pop outs. So yeah, just not really having the impact he had in September. Yeah, and he's not even even working those at bats anymore. It's like you just come you just come back from commercial, whatever. He's up, and it's just first pitch a, a little weak grounder or or fly ball pop up, and that that's it. And then all of a sudden it's over. It's like oh. That right. that was that was Christian Yelich and and he's already gone. Like, well, you know, let, 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 let's let's be honest here. You know, Lorenzo Cain has been rough. Jesus Aguilar has been rough. Yep. the the only guy The only guy in the upper half of that lineup who's really done anything has been Ryan Braun. Yeah, I know. Mustakis has been really rough. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah and I mean Mustakis kind of came up pretty clutch in the NLDS with, with the walk off winner in Game yeah. One and with a couple sure. extra hits after that, but. He's mostly disappeared, and so is the rest of the offense. And they're basically getting by with production just from Orlando Arcia, Eric Kratz, and pinch hitters like Domingo Santana, and that's basically it. I mean, how can you win a National League pennant with just production from guys like Arcia and Kratz and Domingo Santana? You can't. I think, think, yeah, (laughs) you just... You, you just kind of answered it. You, you really can't. <laughs> I think a lot of people thought since we were getting production from those guys who were like, oh, we're winning these games without Yelich doing anything, without Kane doing anything, and it's going to you know flip over, but it just hasn't. Nope. And now yeah. it's kind of come back to bite them. Yeah, because like, I mean, it sounds great when, when you're winning. It's like, oh, yeah, like we can we can win even without them. And then you realize it's like, okay, we're not getting any sort of run production you need Christian Yelich and Jesus Aguilar and Lorenzo Cain to show up 
and come up with those clutch hits here, especially now on the brink of elimination? You really do. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, if, if, they're, if they're not going to show up in game six, you know, it, it, I hate to say it, it's probably, you're probably going to be seeing Los Angeles in the World Series. How dare you say that? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's. You're realistic, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I'm going to be at game six, so hopefully they're able to to pull that out and I don't have to watch the Dodgers celebrating at Miller Park because that would be so disheartening just, just to watch as like you have, I mean, the Brewers are basically, you know, they've achieved so much this year and they've done so much that you wouldn't expect. And just to, to go to an NLCS, you know, game six or game seven and to watch them lose and, and to have another team celebrate at Miller Park. I mean, that's just, I mean, that just rips your heart right out of you. And MJ, I don't know if, were you there for 2011 when, when the Cardinals moved on over the Brewers? Oh, yeah. That's like kind of the first part when I really got into baseball. Yeah. So. Wow. And, and even after that heartbreak, you still stuck with it. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was some tough years from then to now, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and one constant between those years has been David Freeze just showing up on the other team in the NLCS. But David Freeze oh, really God. hasn't done much during this series, which is great. Like I, I think it's great because as long as you just don't have David Freeze beat you, I, I think I, I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they've done <laughs> a pretty Freeze good job in neutralizing. Well, Go ahead, Matty. <laughs> Matthew, what were you saying? I think Matthew froze up. I think he did too. All right, MJ. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but, I mean, it, it really has been. I mean, David Freeze had that line drive in, in game two. Lorenzo Cain robbed it, brought it back. And that was so amazing to watch, really. And, and Especially when Lorenzo Cain just like shakes his head, does like kind of the 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 Kembe Matumbo thing, where he's like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, not today, man, not today." Nope, definitely. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what Cain's been doing all year. He did that against the Dodgers earlier this year in the regular season too. I, um, I know a couple Dodgers fans on my Twitter are who are not big fans of Lorenzo Cain, but um, and. That kind of goes with the same thing that the big players for the Brewers need to keep making big plays like that because that's when they're successful. Yeah, Matthew, are no. you you're unfrozen? Okay, I am now. Now, uh, uh, I was just going to ask: Would you rather have David Freeze beat you, or would you rather have Manny Machado beat you right now? Ooh, man, that's. I'd rather just win, to be honest, but. <laughs> <laughs> the choice just give me the win man yeah i mean but yeah speaking of manny machado um i'd like to introduce a new segment to the reviewing the brew podcast and this segment is called manny machado is a dick right (laughs) so this segment um it's going to highlight manny machado being a dick and let's start with game four in the 10th inning manny machado Hits a ground ball over to Arcia, just kind of your regular routine ground ball. And running down the line, he's out by a couple steps. And as he crosses the base, purposefully kicks Jesus Aguilar in the ankle. 
as he goes by. Uh, MJ, when you first saw that, what was your immediate reaction? My immediate reaction was just, you know, that it was a Bush League play and it was completely unnecessary. And, you know, it wasn't – I mean, it's not like – it was. I wasn't surprised a player like Machado did that, honestly. But um, it just – it caught me off guard that <clears throat> he would do something so obviously – bad like that in a spot like that and then he seemed to be offended by the backlash by or like that Aguilar would contest him on that and yeah it just it surprised me in some ways but then it didn't because it's Machado yeah Matthew what about you what was your immediate reaction to seeing Machado just kick Jesus Aguilar in the ankle first I was I was really concerned that that Aguilar might be hurt Oh yeah, because that—that's like the last thing you, you know, like, especially for a first baseman. You're you're completely exposed in that play when when your foot's in the bag like that, like you know, behind you, you're completely exposed. So I was I was really hoping he didn't like you know step on his Achilles or you know you know just 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 hit him hit him just right in the ankle so he's got like a you know like a hairline fracture or something. So I I was really concerned for for more for Aguilar's health than I was for anything else. Um. And then about ten, you know, you know, let's say two tenths of a second later, I'm like, okay, Machado's a jerk. Oh yeah, you know, this, that, that that's my reaction. You know, for, you know, first concern for for Aguilar, second, oh, that 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 guy's a jerk. Simple. Yeah, <laughs> you know, was, I mean, I mean, for Machado, I mean, and you could tell like afterwards, it's like, okay, now like Aguilar's yelling at Machado, Machado's yelling back, and I was like, oh my god, we're gonna get a fight. And because, I mean, that's what it looked like it was heading towards. And, I mean, the benches did clear. I mean, no punches were thrown. But it's like, do, do you really want to pick a fight with Jesus Aguilar? I mean, that's like the last guy I'd, I'd well. want to fight with. Like, like, why would you pick a fight with him? Why wouldn't you try to find someone like, I mean, I don't know. Every, everyone in the on the team is basically an absolute unit. Like, why not try, like, Orlando Arcia? Like, pick a fight with that guy. Uh, not the... If I- I mean, Arce is probably scrappy, but but still, like, Arce, I mean, Aguilar's like 6'4", 300 pounds. Like, he's the last guy I'd want to upset and make him want to punch me, you know? See, Eric Sogard was still on the team. He could pick one. Oh, he would be, yeah, that, that'd be the guy to pick on if he was still there. Uh, I think yeah. Nate, Orf would be a good, Nate Orf would be a good one, too. Oh, no, Nate Orf, um, Nate Orf is strong, man. He's the GOAT. I mean... I wouldn't want to pick a fight with Nate Orff. I I wouldn't either, but I'm not Mayo Machado. <laughs> uh, no, if you, if you had to pick a fight with anybody in the Brewers, it would probably be Eric Kratz, wouldn't it? Oh, Eric Kratz would destroy in a fight. No. Have you seen his forearms? He's, 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 I don't, I don't he's care 30. that he's 38. He's an absolute unit. Look at that guy. I mean, he's got the shaved head. <laughs> I mean, you remember what I think it was Joey Votto. It was earlier in the year when he was like complaining about the strike zone, and Kratz just kind of stands up and he's like, you know, talking to Votto, telling him to get in the box. I mean, he was standing toe to toe with Joey Votto, and I mean, right. he's he looking big. I mean, Kratz is a tall guy, tall guy, big I, I, forearms. I, speaking as an old guy, you you would always pick the fight with the old guy, given a choice. I suppose, but I mean, Eric Kratz is not your regular old guy. 
I challenge Kratz Agreed. to a foot race. It, I might challenge him to a foot race, but I don't know if I challenge him to a fist fight. I don't. I w- first, I wouldn't challenge him to either. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, fair I'm, just, I'm I'm just saying, like hypothetically, if I had to pick, like, you know, say, like, you know, okay, gun to gun to your head, Matt, you got to fight one of these guys. Who are you fighting? I Hernan Perez, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, you could just Kratz be, would be up there. Yeah, he, he'd he'd be like he'd be in the top three for, just just because of the age factor alone. Yeah. All right. So that that's who Matthew'd get get in a fight with. But. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get back to Manny Machado being a dick because that's the name of this segment. Uh, I mean, I, I remember seeing uh, I think it was Dallas Braden had 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 the video on Twitter. It's like, uh, oh, what you got drop drop foot there all of a sudden there, guy? Yeah, probably not. And like you look back at the video, Machado looked down, like like he dropped yes. his head, dropped his eyes, looked at the bag, and then kicked him. Like it's it's yeah. so obvious. Like you can't even defend Machado. And there were a lot of Dodger Dodger fans that were on Twitter. And I remember a bunch of these trolls like yelling as like, "Hey, tell that fat guy Aguilar to get his foot off the base." It's like that's oh, not the point. I've seen that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, even if, like, it doesn't matter that his foot's there. There's plenty of room on the bag for Machado to go by. First basemen have had their first, have had their foot there before, and no one's ever had any issues. It's like, you have to be able to know, like, that was obviously on purpose for Machado to do that. And, like, there's no other way around. He was trying to injure Jesus Aguilar. Now, now, let me ask you guys this question: Do you, do you think Manny Machado cost himself any money any money this offseason? I've heard he might. Maybe more with the things he said than agree. Well, or yeah, like especially with the hustle thing. Agreed. Oh yeah, I'm not Johnny Hustle. That, that That's not was, my cup I think of tea. that might rub people the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. Where is his agent in all of this? Got to be like, hey, dude, shut up. Like, quit talking about, <laughs> I don't like to hustle. Like, that's, like, could you have a worse comment? And then literally that same day, he's like, I'm going to kick Jesus Aguilar in the ankle. Like, dude. I mean, I, and I, st- I remember on the pregame show, on the FS1 pregame show, which is really terrible, and it's really annoying me. But, <laughs> like, they, they, yeah, they aired the interview with Ken Rosenthal, and, you know, Machado's saying, like, you know, I'm not the player that's going to hustle out every single play, yada, yada, not my cup of tea. And I remember Kevin Burkhardt, he, he was talking to, you know, A-Rod and, and Ortiz, and he's like, I mean, you got, got to appreciate the honesty here. And, I mean, I, I don't see how you can't love this. <laughs> like, I, I think I love this guy more after these comments. I'm like, what? Oh, great. You love the guy more after he says he doesn't hustle? What? Come on. I don't get it. MJ, would you love a guy who didn't hustle? No, I would not. And uh, getting back to the money thing, you know, at the end of the day, like, he's still, you know, he's going to put up his numbers, so there's still going to be a team that gives him a fat paycheck. Oh, yeah, he's, he's getting paid for sure, but I, I just have to wonder, like, if if, if he might have, you know, like, lost a few suitors this week. I, th- I have a feeling he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a stigma building around him. 
kind of with these comments that people around the league are going to know that, you know, he's making these comments and he's not the player who's going to hustle. And, and, and he's not a yeah. clubhouse guy. And I think that's what's really showing out with the comments and the lack of hustle and now the attempts to, to injure Aguilar and, and the dirty slides at second base. Um, I mean, it's really kind of piling up on him here. And, like, you look at a lot of teams. Like, they're trying to build a, a culture in the clubhouse because they see that that helps lead to success. They're trying to get good clubhouse guys. That's what the Brewers have done, and, and that's what's led to their success. Same thing with, with the Astros, just trying to build a good clubhouse. And for all those other teams, like, you look at Machado and you say, that guy's not, not going to help our clubhouse culture. Why should we pay him $300-plus dollars to join our team and create a toxic culture in our clubhouse. Right, and a team like the – I know I've heard rumors of him going to the Phillies, who's our very young team that yeah. are just starting to build up something with a lot of young players. And so you're going to bring in a guy like Machado who doesn't necessarily really care all that much about his the teammates and cares about himself and doesn't really care about doing all these other things like hustling. So – yeah, if if he's if he's not playing hard when he doesn't have the paycheck, how hard is he going to play when he gets the paycheck? That's a really good point. Good point. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. I mean, once he gets paid, then I mean, then what? I mean, he could. I saw a thing. I think it was by John Heyman uh, today. It was saying like he was talking to a couple of executives, and they're saying I think he might have actually cost himself a, a couple suitors, and it might be. You know, just Philadelphia that would be willing to pay him. You know that that three hundred plus million that that's not going to be phased at all by his comments or his actions. But for other teams that might be on the fence, that might have just swayed them one way or another. Despite he's actually been playing really well in the postseason, but just w- w- with his actions and with his comments, he could actually be hurting himself despite playing extremely well. Agreed. Do you guys think the Dodgers would be interested in resigning him in any way? They no. got Corey Seager. They they got Corey yeah. Seager coming back, and they and they still got Justin Turner for another couple of years. So, um, they, they're not really gonna want him back. And I think I, I think I saw a lot of Dodgers fans talking about moving to second base. Wow! If that was like a thing, like I I don't know if that's a popular opinion or not, but yeah, possibility. Remember, the Dodgers do have the money to just throw around, and if they don't right. get Harper, I mean, then they could get Machado. Yeah, I mean, there's only a few teams. There's a small number of teams that could afford him, or afford his asking price. So, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's just been a, a tough run for Machado, and I guarantee you, for Game Six uh, on, on Friday night. When Manny Machado gets announced, like in the lineup, when he comes up to the plate, he's going to get the loudest booing Miller Park has ever heard, and I can't wait Hopefully. to be a part of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great. Like every Fair time enough. he does anything, even if there's a ground ball to him, just immediate booing, like every single time. Like th- that's probably what's going to happen, because. While Jesus Aguilar may have like forgiven him and and moved on, fans aren't going to do that quite as easily. Nope. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, hell, look at Ryan Braun. I mean, it's been it's been what six, seven years since his uh, PED scandal, and he still gets booed everywhere he goes. Pretty much, yeah. Especially Wrigley. Yeah, especially Wrigley and L.A. because he beat out Kemp for the uh, MVP award that year. So they were mad at him. Which is ironic. Which is ironic since he was almost traded to the Dodgers. Like three times. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, that's the only place like I, I'd want to go if I'd get traded. And they're the fans that might hate him the most. But, <laughs> hey, whatever. You do you, Ryan, but he's still with the Brewers, so and, and he's still playing well. Um, So for game five, when Wade Miley got taken out and it's Brandon Woodruff coming in, and, I mean – I like Woodruff, and I think Woodruff has kind of gotten put on the back burner for for most of the for the minds of most fans because of Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta. They've just kind of jumped him, and now they've kind of moved up the depth chart. But Brandon Woodruff, I mean, he was a top one hundred prospect, and he's out here dicing against the Dodgers, and everyone's just kind of a little surprised by it. But like, he's actually really good, and I think. He's in a great spot to get a job in the rotation next year because they keep on going to him for all these bullpen games. And he's been pitching extremely well. I always wondered why they didn't give him the opportunities this season. Like There were obviously points in the year where they needed a starter. And he, I mean, he, there were times this year where he came up and he wasn't his best, but he also had showed flashes and like you knew his stuff was there from last season when he debuted um, and from in the minors. You knew he had good stuff, um, and I just I feel like they weren't giving him the right opportunity until now and coming into the playoffs and letting him or letting him play an important role. And I think now he's just showing what he can do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, but you know, for next year, I'm actually I'm actually kind of worried about the rotation. Believe it or not, I don't. Really, I, I, I well, maybe worried is not the right word, but I'm 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 just not sure how it's how it's going to shake out because I see like eight different guys for five slots. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm you, I'm not worried gotta, about the quality. It's just how you're going to find roles for everyone. Fair enough. Basically, so you, yeah. you've got you know. Chasine and Davies are pretty much locked in. Really? You got Peralta. Is Davies locked in? You think Davies is locked in? Absolutely. As a a starting pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers? You think Davies, of of all people, is locked in? I mean, he certainly has a chance. If he's he's here, I'm trading him this winter. Okay, that's the other side of it. Until he's traded, I can't assume he's traded. Yeah, but I mean, also... I mean, he only started, like, what, 13 games, had a, had a bunch of injuries, and he was left off the roster, and he would have stayed off the roster for the postseason had Gio Gonzalez not injured himself. Fair enough. Okay, understood. Okay. So we've got Chasin locked in, Peralta locked in. Corbin Burns locked in. Corbin Burns, I is he? Yes, he is. I mean, even, even yeah. Adam McAlvey was saying today, he's in the rotation. Like, book it. Take it okay. to the bank. Corbin I mean, Burns I, is in I, there. I kind of feel like we were having the same conversation about Josh Hader at this time last year. Yeah, but Josh Hader has two pitches. Corbin Burns has four. True. Okay, fair enough. At least. Okay, so we've got Chasin, we've got Peralta, we've got Burns. Yep. That's three. Yep. Okay, so 
Next up, Woodruff. Woodruff and Jimmy Nelson's returning. <sighs> okay. Chase Anderson. And then you got, like, that'll be... Eight other, yeah, and you have the Chase Anderson question. You know, Chase Anderson's got to be as good as gone, right? Oh, I'm trading him. If I'm David Stearns, I'm trading him. I don't know what you. I don't, honestly, I don't know what kind of value he has at this point. I mean, this is this is a sell low if, if you're trading him at this point. That's true, but I mean, babies. he does have control if he gets it together. I mean, but he also only has one guaranteed year. He's got one more guaranteed year and then two option years. So the team that's taking him. They could either cut him after after this next year if if he doesn't bounce back, or if he pitches well, they could get him for a couple more years. So I think mm. there's a little bit of value in that contract. Plus, he's still not getting paid all that much for a starting pitcher. I I I would just be concerned. You know, I, it, this this definitely. If you were to trade him at this point, you're definitely selling low, selling low on him. And I, I don't know that David Stearns has ever really done that. I'm trying to think of an example where he actually sold low on a guy as opposed to, you know, as, as opposed to buying low. Yeah. So, and you've also got Junior Guerra in the mix. You've got Brent Suter in the mix. I mean, Brent Suter's probably not going to be, I mean, if Suter pitches at all, it's going to be August or September at the earliest. And I think he'll probably miss all, all of next year. And they'll they'll just take it slow with his rehab because there's really not going to be a spot for him in in that rotation, I don't mm-hmm. think. And then you've also got potentially free agent Ace X. Yeah, you do got that. So again, so this is it. it it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how how it shakes out and you know you know what what actual moves you know get made here. I don't I don't you know I we've never seen. David Stern sell low on a guy, I don't think. So uh-huh. I, I, I that, that, that's the only reason that gives me pause and, and, the, and the Chase Anderson question that because I don't I, I don't see him as a guy you know who who would sell at the lowest point of a guy's value. So you know maybe he's in the bolt. You know, maybe, maybe he's you know the you know the, the swingman you know the Brent Suter for next year. Maybe he's not. You know maybe he does get moved. I and, but until he's moved, he's not. You know we we, we got to assume he's going to be part of this team. That's true. That's true. I mean, it is going to be an interesting off season for sure um, for for that entire rotation. I, I think it's funny how the Brewers can go from this postseason where they have basically no starting pitching. They have two starting pitchers, Wade Miley and Yulis Chassin. Those are the only two trustworthy starters that they have. And then you go into spring training and just without adding anyone, you got like seven or eight quality guys to be in a rotation and it's like what happened you know like you have you had two quality guys in October and all of a sudden in February without adding anyone you have seven or eight it's oh, but, you it's know, such a weird situation there's a, I think there's a big difference between starting in October and starting in April well still I mean you have Corbin Burns who if if he was at the point where they felt like they'd put him in the rotation this year he'd be starting in October and Freddie Peralta, I mean, 22. I mean, they're not going to put him in the. They're they're not going to start him in October, just yet. But still, I mean, they're it's, it's so go, weird. Though. What? I said they're letting him go though. They're giving him innings in October. I mean, nah, they, they gave Peralta a couple not, innings. I mean, he he's they, made it in one game. I think. He he essentially had the month of September off. 
Yeah, he had like what four and like two thirds innings in in the month of September. I, I I don't even remember being that many, but I think you're probably you're probably closer than I am. I mean, he he had the Dan Jennings start where Jennings yeah. opened, and then Peralta went like three and two thirds, I think, and I think he got like one other inning in relief in, in one of the other games, and I think that was it. Yeah, it was just about it. So he, he essentially had a month off, essentially. So and that that's not happening. That that's not happening next year. No, he's he's going to be a full time member of that rotation next year. Yes, I was just surprised in general that he made the roster for the playoffs. I didn't I didn't think they were going to touch that. I was surprised yeah. as well. Yeah, I was surprised Woodruff made the roster. You know, like I thought you'd you'd have your your Jacob Barnes or Taylor Williams, like you know your one inning guys for yeah. the playoffs, like just kind of stack up those. And instead, they keep all the starters in, in Guerra and Woodruff and Peralta, and they leave Barnes and Williams and Dan Jennings off, which I'm not really complaining about leaving those guys off, but still, it's uh, it was something I, I didn't expect, and especially with how great Woodruff has been. I mean, the home run off Kershaw, the really strong innings that he's put up. I mean, Woodruff has really solidified himself as a as a viable rotation candidate for next year. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, David, do you think he'd be saying the same thing if he if he was left off the roster and didn't did and didn't get this opportunity? I probably wouldn't. I, I'd probably be saying it's like, okay, now he could be, you know, like way down on, on the depth chart. You know, going into like he'd still be battling for a spot, but he'd be way down on the, on the totem pole. And could be a you know another big candidate to start in in AAA again, maybe even possibly trade a, traded in the off season because th- they just have so much depth. Eventually, you got to do something with it. Um, mm. But I mean, yeah, he's really showed up in, in October, and, and that's really kind of I, I think that's pushed the Brewers' trust in him uh, even more. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that's you know everyone's saying we're well, the beginning of our window now that you know. Kane and Yelich just signed their contracts, and we've got we're finally making the playoffs again. So now that you see that you have these pitchers that can have success in October, and you know you're expecting your team to be playing in October for the next few years, you know you can trust these guys more rather than putting Woodruff in the rotation next year when he wasn't on the playoff roster and he didn't really have much experience even in the regular season last year. Absolutely. Um, all right, so moving on now to um, these upcoming games. Game six and seven, um, we're going to have Wade Miley start game six on Friday night. Yulis Chassin, if there's a game seven. Both games back in Miller Park. The Brewers need to win both to advance, and it's not an ideal situation, but this did happen last year with, with the Houston Astros. They were down 3-2. They came back home. Um, in Houston, and they won the final two games to make it to the World Series, and then we all know what happened after that. So it's been done before. It's extremely possible, especially being back at Miller Park. Um, Do you guys see the Brewers? MJ, we'll start with you. Do you see the Brewers winning both games and moving on to the World Series? See, you say they're not – well, I don't think they're in as bad as a situation as they could be especially because 
they have Miley and Chessine. They're like you said earlier, like they're only two trustworthy pitchers or starting pitchers. Um, and so I don't think I think they definitely have a chance. Or I think they like if you win tomorrow night, the whole mindset changes from we're down. We have to win two games in a row against this team when we can't hit and we can't do anything right now. But then if you win tomorrow, it's just you don't have to worry about anything else other than putting all your chips on the table and winning that night. So I definitely feel like the Brewers with the team they have right now and the bullpen getting a day off and everybody being ready to go, I think they definitely have a good shot to win both of these games. Matthew, what do you think? You you think that they can they can do this and make the World Series? I think they can. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're still in this. You know, the series is still going on. They, they definitely. Okay, do, you, do you think they will? They don't get all like you know, text me with the odds. Do you think they will? I I, I need to see the bats wake up before I say before I before I feel before I feel good about it. Yeah, I I would like them, I would like them to because I I want their playoff run to continue. Oh yeah, but I I. I can't say whether you know. I, I I can't say I'm feeling that great about it. What I am feeling great about it is that um, you had you had Corey Knebel, Jeremy Jeffress, and Josh Hader not pitch in Game Five, so they've now got two two days off to to rest up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that actually you know that gives me a, a bit of hope just because you've got you know you're going to have access to you know multiple innings for for all three of those guys if you need it. So if you need a three inning outing, if the Brewers need a three inning outing from Josh Hader, and they need two innings from Corey Knebel, and they need two innings from Jeremy Jeffress, they they could get it. Yeah, I mean it's, I, I think, I think they got a really good shot at this. I mean, being at home really really does help, and maybe having the loud atmosphere of Miller Park uh, could wake up those bats. We might need to sacrifice a live rooster to Jabu and, and give him some rum. And just try to do whatever we can uh, to to wake these bats up. I mean, Ma- MJ, have you seen Major League? You have to have seen it, right? I've seen Major League Two. Oh man, I don't man. think I've seen the first Wait, one. You haven't seen the first one? Oh my! I think I just saw God. it. It popped up on MV Network or something I, like that. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> MJ, you just you, I, I I can't imagine. Like living life with the my only impression of Major League being Major League Two. Hey, at least it's not Major I, League Three. But it, it might as well, it might as well be. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even Bob Uecker said we shouldn't have made that one. I mean, it was no. And, you couldn't have made it. The, the problem is, it was you know Major League Two was just way too sanitized. It wasn't like nearly like as you know like I guess you know like raw as Major League as the first. It was it was like Disney fied where you had yeah. Yeah, everybody was was a bit too nice. Everybody was a you know they they they, they really sanded off a lot of the edges that, that were on Major League One. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I don't I don't think anybody said the f word in, oh, in, in the second they? one. And but you know there, you know there were several f bombs in, in in the first major, and it just it just made it a bit oh, more yeah. real because that's how ball players that's how ball players talk. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so, so, so next week on the Reviewing the Brew podcast, we're going to have MJ watch Major League with us. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> great <laughs> do, idea. Do a Twitch live stream of us watching Major League. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that'll work because you need to see that. That is – I don't know if it's on Netflix. Um, 
I don't think I've it is. I've looked it up before. I don't think it's on Netflix. Yeah. I, I think it's, it was, oh, I remember man. it was on Hulu. MJ, do you have Hulu? I know somebody who has Hulu. Okay, good. <laughs> that could let me borrow it. Yeah, <laughs> good. Get their password yeah, and, and just, yeah, just watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Got Cause, you. Because it is, it is one of those movies you just you just have to see. Although, no wonder you didn't laugh at my Jabu reference. Because you just it just completely <laughs> right over your head. All right. Yeah. Apparently it is on Netflix. Oh, excellent. Okay, so MJ, really? you have Netflix. Oh wait, maybe not. Yeah. I don't. I, I did a Google search for it on you know major major league movie streaming. Oh, here we go. Major league, where to stream and watch and see what it's got here. Oh, um. Let's see, we've got Matthew and technology. <laughs> yeah, when I search it on Nef- when I search it on Netflix, it's not there. Oh no! See, we got Prime Video, Rent to Own, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube. It's on Vudu. Apparently, is that a thing? I have no idea. Neither do I. I, I, I have Hulu, so I think it is on Hulu. I... All right. Anyways, either way, MJ, just find a way to watch it. All right. And get back to us. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyways, getting back to to the Brewers. I mean, what, what, wait, wait, wait. So, wait. so he, he's he's gonna be watching it. He's gonna be like, oh, where, where, where's that? Where's that 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 rookie country catcher? That was my favorite character. He's not in this. Oh wait, there, there's no Japanese guy. Oh man, I, I really hope Jack Parkman doesn't show up at the end and hit a home run. <laughs> Who is this Pedro? Oh yeah, I mean it's. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be fun, MJ. You'll you'll love it. Um, at least if you have any sort of sense of humor, which I think you do. So we got that. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, back to the actual uh, Brewers here that Bob Uecker actually covers in real life. Um, so with Game Six, you got Wade Miley, then you got Ulysses Chastain. Game Seven, the bullpen fully rested. I mean, the bats should wake up, and I mean, for these two games, I mean, is it Hyunjun Ryu going for the Dodgers tomorrow in Game Six? I believe it it's Ryu, yeah. And then Bueller. And then Bueller, yeah. So I mean, they got to Ryu in in Game Two. Uh, they just couldn't add on, and then Jeremy Jeffress just kind of wasn't himself, and that that's how they lost the game. But I mean, they got to Ryu before. And I mean, Travis Shaw hit a home run, and that was who else? There was another home run, I think. I'm trying to remember. I don't it's all looking. Yeah. Um, Either way, the point is they got through you, so they yeah they got through again. you, yeah. So I mean, they they could they could win that game, and for Walker Bueller, I mean. He's a young rookie, and for a game seven of the NLCS, I mean, that's going to be a ton of pressure, especially in a hostile atmosphere on the road like Bueller's going to be in. And and with everything on the line, it's it's going to be tough for Bueller, I think. A r- rookie pitcher on the road in a game seven, yeah, it's going to be it's a bad matchup, what I think, they, I think the words they use. Yeah, I mean, they... yeah, and um, I mean, I really like Bueller's stuff. He's oh, his stuff's ridiculous. Or, he's, 
Yeah, it's, I, I don't know how they somehow got him while they already have Kershaw. It's kind of unfair. But um, it's just, yeah, he's, yeah. he's a super good pitcher, but he's not, or he's still human. So those things are still going to affect him, and it will still be a challenge for him. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I think they might go with um, – I don't know if they if they announce the game seven, but they could they could go with Rich Hill, who is you know the thirty eight year old veteran who's who's been through games like this before, and I mean he's had some success. So I I mean they you could see Rich Hill there in that game seven because I mean if it comes down to it, I mean the Dodgers are going to be throwing pretty much everyone they got uh, to win that game and move on. You might even see Clayton Kershaw. I doubt it. But I mean, he could come. He could come, maybe make a, a Madison Bumgarner appearance out, out of the bullpen in a game seven. I mean, you you never know. Everything's on the line. Exactly. And I mean, even for the Brewers, you'll see if it comes down to a game seven, like I said earlier, all the chips are on the table. You'll see any pitcher you'll need to see. It'll you make one bad pitch, you're out. Like that's council will have a very short leash. <laughs> Yeah, and I I think even if like even if Josh Hader goes two or three innings in Game Six, if it comes down to it and he's got a lead to protect in Game Seven, Josh Hader is going to be coming out because yeah, you, at that you point gotta, you you got to just bring him in. I mean, there, there's no tomorrow if you don't win this game. Mm-hmm. Well, there is tomorrow. Just that it has you cleaning out your locker as opposed to you know, okay, getting ready, okay. for, getting, getting ready yeah. for Game One. All right, yeah. Thank you for for your literalism, Matthew. I, I'm known for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, for, I mean, for everything that's gone on in this series, do you guys think that even should the Brewers lose one of these next two games, that this is still a a successful year uh, for the Brewers? Absolutely. If, I mean, if if anything, you know, you losing, you know, losing the NLCS, just it it just shows like you know what the Brewers have to do to to go to the next level. Okay, they they've they've got to find that that true number one to put at the front of the rotation. You know, they've they've got to develop you know you know Corbin Burns or Freddie Peralta into that number two. You've got to get Jimmy Nelson back at, at as close to full strength as he can be. Um. You might actually have to, you know, you know, maybe swing a deal with, you know, Zach Davies and and Chase Anderson for another pitcher. It 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 just it just kind of it it, it, it just kind of shows you, you know, what what the, I guess you know what needs to happen to get to that next level, you know, and 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 if they, they aren't able to make those moves, well, I, I guess we know what our ceiling is, don't we? Yeah, and yeah, what about um, you? yeah, I agree. I think that, um, you know, I, the first. Like I said earlier, it's first year of our window. Um, although I don't, I don't know. I think it will be, you know, the season would be a success, but it would also be kind of a bitter taste because, like, you know that you could have won this series, you know, if, you know, game two, that was a very winnable game. Game four, very winnable game. Uh, so it might sting a little bit, but I think, you know, if you – you know, after the season, you gain perspective. You realize that you know you could be a much better team next year, um, and this is just the beginning. And you still have your core of players for years to come. So I think overall, 
this season has been positive and it's going to be positive going forward. I, 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 uh, earlier today, I saw a tweet from uh, Tom Hodricourt saying yeah. that one that one scout told him that he couldn't believe the Brewers didn't sweep the series. Yeah, like like they yeah. should have won won the four games by now. I mean, I mean they won yeah. game two, they won game three, they or they got they won game one, they won game three, they should have won game two, and they easily could have won game four. And then that's just that's it. it it's over. You don't even need a game five. And I mean, they were just. It's just been so close, but the but the offense just hasn't been able to to clutch up there late in the games, and that's really kind of been their issue, and it it could end up being their downfall, despite all the depth and all the star power that they have in the middle of that lineup. If they're not able to come through, I mean, they're just not able to to execute, and that that'll just end it right there. Fair enough. Yeah, so now it is time for today's mailbag segment. We've got a, got a question coming in here on Twitter um, that we posed. Uh, Colby wanted to ask, regardless of tomorrow's outcome, is it safe to say it's World Series or bust for the crew next year? MJ, we'll start with you. What do you think? I think that's a fair thing to say. I think that... You know, this is the start, and you make it to the NLCS in a series that I think a lot of people would say that you probably should or should have, depending on what happens, should or should have won. Um, and, you know, you can tell that the core, minus Mike Moustakis, we'll see what happens there with his contract. Um, but the core of your lineup is coming back, and your rotation seemingly will be much better next year. So, you know, if you're a team that loses in the NLCS um, and, you know, is a team that's getting better next year, there's, I don't think there should be a reason to have expectations lower than that. Matthew, what about you? Uh, it depends on the offseason for me, honestly. Um, I, I, need, I need to see them bring in that, that, that true ace. Uh, and and make a few other moves to to strengthen you know to strengthen you know the, you know the line up and down the lineup. Um, but before I'm willing to say World Series or bust, I don't. I didn't feel it was a World Series or bust team this year. And if it's the same group, I can't say no. that, I can't say that next year. So um, for for me, it, it really depends a lot more on the off season than than anything else. That they they need to get better. Now the the one thing that is kind of interesting to me is that last year you know the Dodgers crashed out in the World Series. But they 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 learn from it, okay? They you know kind of didn't try you know I'm not gonna say they didn't try that hard in the regular season, but let's just say they didn't have their foot on the gas for the full year. Is that fair to say? Especially yeah. in the beginning, yeah. exactly they were terrible in the beginning. Yeah, so they, they you know they they, they they knew that they were gonna you know you know be close to this position at this time you know in April. So guys, let's just dial it back. You know we, we don't need. You know Clayton Kershaw to make you know 34 starts. We're happy with him making his, his you know 2025. 20, you know and 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 just you know get everybody to the playoffs healthy and then see what happens. So I'm kind of curious if the Brewers are going to learn from that. If it's if it's not going to be quite so much, you know, foot on the gas. If you're going to see Christian Yelich take a few games off, if you're going to see Lorenzo Cain, you know, tap out of a few. If you're going to see, you know, uh, Josh Hader maybe work a few fewer innings. You know, it, it you know it, it really depends on on the off season and if they're able to learn from this experience. In my eyes, 
See, for me, I, I don't think they can afford to to take the foot off the gas a little bit because, I mean, the Cubs are still there, and, and they're still going to be a major threat um, for the NL Central title. And, I mean, the Dodgers knew they had the far far more talented team that, than the Rockies or the Diamondbacks, and, you know, they could afford to wait a little bit. And they, and they ha- kind of had to, you know, put the pedal to the metal there toward late in the season when they realized the Rockies are actually good and, and could win this division. So that, that's where they're, they kind of – threw it on and the Brewers really couldn't I don't think they can afford that luxury because of the Cubs still being there and still being as talented as they are and I mean they, they had basically you know the foot on the gas for the entire season and it still came down to a tiebreaker game to end up winning the division so I don't know if they if they can afford to do that I I wouldn't really call it um, World Series or, or bust next year because you know when it's World Series or bust, I feel like that's that's when you're at the end of your championship window. Like for for the Indians this year, I, I think it was World Series or bust for them, and they obviously busted. But it's because they're losing so so many talented players to free agency. They're basically at the end of their championship window. So that's why it was it was I think it was World Series or bust for the Indians. But for the Brewers, they still have a couple years left. In that window, so I, I don't want to say World Series or bust until you kind of get to the end or, or near the end of that kind of window. Mm. Fair enough. And also to your Cubs point, it <clears throat> it could depend on what they do in free agency. I know their fans certainly think they're going to get Bryce Harper or Manny Machado or one of their guy, one of those guys, and they certainly yeah. can. So it'll it'll pe- depend on. The NL Central race, and it's, I mean, the Cardinals were there for a lot of the second half as well until the very end. So it took the Brewers sweeping them to kind of put the dagger on their season. So they'll be there as well. And that was really heartwarming, you know, beating the Cardinals and, and knocking them so. out of the playoffs. Oh, man, that felt good. Very good. Yeah, especially after uh, – we don't need to go back to that. But still, I mean, it's <laughs> – it's really they they got a chance to win a couple and I think you could see something like uh like what the Royals had because David Stearns is kind of like rebuilding the old Royals championship team with Kane Mustakas and everyone but I mean the Royals they made it to the World Series in 2014 they didn't win it and then 2015 they make it back and they finally do win it and you know that was that was basically their their championship run and now, of course, they've entered back into a rebuilding mode. But, I mean, I think you could see something like that, where you got two or three, you know, really prime years. And, you know, this may be the first one in 2018. Or I think I think next year might be the first, like, real great shot at, at winning a World Series because that rotation will finally be set with, with its young arms. And the bullpen's still going to be there. And you're still going to have the majority of the offense returning, and they can just supplement at the positions that they need. And they're they're finally going to have kind of a fully complete team, like what the Astros have, with a dominant rotation, bullpen, and lineup. I'm, I'm not sure they're quite in the Astros level. Well, no, I mean that that that's why I said they're not they're not there right now. But like once you once you get there, like. Like once once they fix a team and like add add on to it, supplement it this off season, Fair you enough. get to the point where you have the dominant rotation, bullpen, 
and lineup, which is what the Astros have, and that's what the Brewers, I think, are, are going to try to go to for next season. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. You, you don't have to agree with me, Matthew. Whatever. <laughs> I said fair enough. I, I couldn't hear you. You speak so quietly. Do I? But you carry a big stick. All right, you follow, you follow Teddy Roosevelt. That's all you need. Is, is there another question? <laughs> yes, why are you so sarcastic all the time? <laughs> I'm old, I'm allowed to be. Yeah. How's your beer? Gone. Oh man. Already it's only been fifty six minutes. <laughs> since, since the college guy like you know funnels six of them at a time. Hey. Don't judge. All right, don't knock it till I- you try it. <laughs> First off, I, I'm an old man, and I have tried it. And second, I'm not judging. I'm, if anything, I'm impressed. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you should you should have seen my uh, my birthday party last week. That was. I, I don't want to see your birthday party, dude. Oh I wish I could have. I don't remember half of it. <laughs> Gosh, no, nah, it wasn't that bad. It was fun though. It was right fun. On. I've, I've never seen I've never seen somebody like like want to get out of a studio fast enough than, than David at the end of the the show last week. Just wraps it up. Okay, uh, show's over. Uh, Matt, I'll see you next week. Later, bye. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it was... I'm like, are you gonna send me the link? No, 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 you just look online. You'll find it. Don't worry. Bye. Yeah, that was the timing was was not great but like literally my friends were outside and they're like all right gotcha. dude where are you and yeah i got you yeah well but it was good it was fun it was also fun doing this today I'd like to thank uh matthew and matthew for <laughs> joining me on <laughs> on today's pod i mean it was it was a great time and and hopefully we'll have we'll have a good time this weekend watching the brewers uh Hopefully win win two. For sure. We're not doing hot takes. Oh, you want to do hot takes? You got a hot take coming? Do you have a hot take? All right, we're gonna do uh, kind of. we got we got a special hot take corner here with MJ. All right, MJ. Give us your hottest of hot takes that, that you got lined up for us. Well, this is an optimistic hot take. Oh uh in game seven. Ryan Braun, or no, the Dodgers will put Clayton Kershaw in the ninth inning with a one-run lead. And Ryan Braun will hit a walk-off two-run home run. Oh, that is – that's not a hot take. That's a hot prediction. That's right a bold there. prediction. Bold prediction. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> if, you, if you want to call it dirty if you want to call it a bull prediction a hot take whatever you want to call it that's fine <laughs> Manny Machado quotes applying to life there you go <laughs> what a role model you know I, th- I thought we I thought we ended the, the Machado is a dick segment the Machado is a dick segment never ends you know I mean let, let's be honest and at least until he stops being a dick, but that could that could be a while. I just looked at my wrist. That's I don't have a watch, but that's 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 gonna be a lot of years, man. Yeah, we gotta. I don't think I don't think we have enough, uh, you know, time to to do this podcast that long to wait for that. But 
Oh, well. So we'll just call it here with, with the hot take slash bold prediction from MJ that Ryan Brown's going to hit a two-run walk-off homer in Game 7. That would be the most hype thing, I think, ever, if that actually came true. And I hope you're right. I mean, frankly, I hope <laughs> – I hope they win by like 10 and it's just stress-free, but that probably won't happen, especially considering how this offense has been. But, yeah, I mean, that's – I'd love to see it. You'd love to see it. Absolutely. All right, so yeah, – uh, What? I, I, I think we all would love to see that. Yeah, who wouldn't? Yeah, uh, Dodgers fans. There, there you go. Yeah. All right, so that will do it for this week's Reviewing the Brew podcast. Be sure to join us again next week. Tune in. Thank you to MJ Yeasel and Matthew Dawaskin for joining me. I'm Dave Gasprey. We'll see you again next week on the Reviewing the Brew podcast. Thanks for tuning in.